Welcome back to Fiat, the podcast for Catholic women. We are Renee Maureen, and we want to give you reliable and honest information about how to be a modern Catholic woman in the world, but not of the world. We use personal experiences as well as church teachings to motivate you to always say yes to God. Welcome back, ladies. Welcome back. Oh, oh, wow. Hello. (laughs) Today we have a great episode for you. Um, including a guest. So we'll get to that in a second. But today we basically have the last episode in our discernment series where we're talking <laughs> where we're talking about logistical things to do uh, once you know your vocation. But before we get into the nitty-gritty, we want to introduce our best friend and fellow future sister, Rory Murray. Hello, <laughs> folks. Hello, hello. <laughs> Yay. Okay, Rory, tell us about yourself. Um, so my name is Rory Neary, and I was um a student at CUA with these two awesome ladies. Mm-hmm. And I'm from Michigan City, Indiana. Yay, Midwest. <laughs> um, and yes, yeah, so I'm entering with Dominican Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist in August, which yep. is in it's like about a month from today. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Very excited. Yeah. So if you guys are we excited. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you guys have been listening along to our previous episodes, we talked about how we had a really good friend last episode, and this is our really good friend. So Mm -hmm. if you just want to like put two and two together, this is Rory. So we've already talked a lot about her behind her back, even though she has been listening to our episodes like a true friend. Um, yes. <laughs> but now she is here to tell her own story. So that's really exciting. But before we get into her story, um, Renee is going to talk a little bit about marriage. And then we're going to get into what to do if you've discerned religious life. Oop. Okay. So hello, everyone. Um, before we get started in like religious life stories. I just want to, you know, give the married people some rep. So if you've discerned marriage, good for you. That's amazing. Um, The thing to honestly start doing is to date um, as kind of simple as that sounds. I would recommend if you know that you're called to marriage, kind of like, honestly, this sounds stupid, but just kind of like make a mental list of things that you are looking for in a husband, whether that's, um, I don't know, like, any anything just so like you have quote-unquote standards so you're not kind of like going after any catholic guy which can be a little dangerous so um you know there's a lot of pressure um i feel like on women to have like the perfect guy he's not going to be perfect you know he's not going to be a quote-unquote soulmate but um if he is a good guy and he kind of like meets your mark i think that it's worth going on a date with him like, don't be afraid to date. Like, dating is fine. Dating is how you find the person um, to marry. So, you know, have some standards, but also be open. You never know who God is calling you to. Um, fun fact, I was in a class with my current boyfriend for about two months before I really even knew he existed. So, I mean, you really never know who, uh, who you could, you know, find something in common with. Um, but if you're currently discern marriage and you're kind of in the the waiting phase uh, I have a few friends who are there I know that can be really tough especially if you're if you know you want to get married pretty soon I know that can be hard but during the waiting there are still things you can do you can focus on your personal relationship with God that way when you get into a relationship you're not kind of piggybacking off of them 
and just kind of know who you are and know what your goals are. That way, when you are in a pretty serious relationship, it's not like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing this because he wants me to. It's more like I know what I want and he's kind of a, a bonus onto that. So don't, you don't want to become the person you're dating because that's, that's not healthy. <laughs> so um, yeah, so we're going to talk a lot more about dating and specifics to that in future episodes, but I just wanted to give you guys a little, a little few tips to what to do once you've decided on marriage. But enough about me. Let's talk about the other vocation we have, which is religious life, which is so cool. And guys, I can't like say this enough. Religious life is amazing. Like if you are called to that, that is so cool. So, you know, don't be afraid to, to share that joy with other people, which is what the Dominican sisters have done for me and what I think they also did for Rory since she is currently entering with them. So a lot of feelings, but I'm excited. So, all right, Rory. So before we get started on specifics, we want to hear about you. We want to hear about your discernment process a little bit. So <laughs> walk us through that. Um, yeah, go ahead. So I would say that a lot of people, um, just first off, a lot of people like set like timeframes for discernment, which I think is complete baloney, like <laughs> God's time, not yours. Because I heard people be like, you should really discern for about two and a half years and then maybe make a decision. Um, I'm sorry, but no, that is stupid. Um, and like, You heard it here first. <laughs> oh, okay. And before you keep going, Rory, okay. Uh, same thing with dating. Like a lot of people told me I shouldn't date someone my freshman year of college. And while they were well-intentioned, like if you find someone you like, go on a date with them. There is no time frame, guys. Like if you are, you know, a cur- like a good age to date, date. Okay, continue. yeah I think for me my discernment really like happens in like six months really maybe a little more than that um but before so before I came to CUA I had like always I guess been open to life I think everyone or a lot of people say that like oh I was open to it um and I had known some religious sisters in high school and it wasn't like I only got to know them because we like volunteered at the same night at the same place and I wasn't ever, like, I visited um, their mother house for a weekend, but it was, like, a hangout weekend. Like, it wasn't discernment retreat. It was, like, hey, come and spend the week with a, weekend with us during the summer. And so, like, I got a taste of religious life just, like, being by being around them. And, you know, I had crossed my mind, like, oh, a little younger than that. I had always thought, like, I do want to give my life in service to the church. And so I was thinking like missionary, like basically my whole like high school, like, yeah, I think I'm just going to like go to college, get a degree, and then literally just like do like long-term service the rest of my life. And so that's really what I came into college thinking. I was a nursing major in Spanish um, minor. And so I was like, okay, well, these are two really practical degrees that I can get and I can just do long-term, long-term service the rest of my life. Um, but God had other plans, which um, I have to say are a lot better than mine. Um, and so I met the Dominican sisters. I remember the first time I met them, um, I had moved into campus early and I like happened to look at my window one morning and I saw them like carrying like a coat rack or something like <laughs> up to our dorm building. And I was like, what in the heck? And I was like, well, I guess we have sisters living in the building. Um, but they also like invited all the students to come pray with them and I was like okay and I remember Renee was like hey we should go pray for rosary with them 
I was like, all right, I'm down. And then we showed up at the wrong time. Um, but that's besides the point. We came back. We were faithful. And so, <laughs> um, we kept like going through prayers and I got to know them a lot better. And I went to got lunch with them and I realized they're like pretty cool women. And then they're like, hey, like, do you want to come on a discernment retreat with us? And I was like, um, I don't know. Like it was my freshman year and I'm like, if you know me, you know I'm a rule follower. And so I was like, I'm not missing any school. And I was gonna have to miss two classes. I was like, heck no. Um, but then I was like, well, like they're a little persistent. Um, like you heard in the previous episode. <laughs> yeah. And so I finally was like, I'll go. And then I was like, well, Renee, like I'll go if you go. And <laughs> what she didn't say was that she said, Yeah, I'm gonna go. And then she chickened out and I was like, Are you kidding me? Um, but then she came back, so I was like, Okay, we're all good. Um, but anyways, on that retreat, I was like saying I was just going to hang out with the sisters. Um, but once yep. I got there, <laughs> but once I got there, I was like, um, I don't know now. Like everyone here, like seems to be a lot more serious about discerning. And yeah. I, yeah, I was kind of scary. Yeah, yeah, I just that that was really intimidating. Like walking into that environment, <laughs> and everyone was like, "Oh, like this might be it for me. Like I might get papers." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> like. I was like um, I'm just here to, like, have a break from school, and yeah, help my friends, um, but quickly, I kind of, like, I don't know if I got, like, swept away into that whole, like, maybe I should actually be serious about it, or what, like, God's grace was definitely at work, and mm -hmm. I signed up to talk to the vocation director, and it was, like, there's two lists, number one list, and number two list, and I was, like, I'm just gonna go, you're not really serious, um, but before I knew it, they're like, oh, like, do you want to go? Like, now's your time. And I was like, holy moly, like, what? Mm -hmm. But what so we I, learned, what we learned is Sister yeah. Irenaeus, like, made sure the CUA sisters got into, I mean, the CUA students got in to, yeah. to talk to her. So she she really knew. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, man. And so it was actually a really good thing. And mm -hmm. after, like, just the whole weekend, like, no big aha moments, but just more like, I know that I would not, like, I know I'd be lying to myself if I said I wasn't, like, discerning religious life. And, like, I would be lying to myself if I, like, said, like, this wasn't, like, what I thought I was called to. Like, I really knew deep down. And I, like, before Sue, I, like, hadn't, like, had the best prayer life. I was really just going to church because I had to and because my friends went to church. And so, like, it was, like, a hangout almost, like, after yeah. church, you know, like, you know, hang out. And so, when I got to CUA, like, my prayer life did, like, a 360. And so, I kind of had been putting more focus on getting my relationship with Jesus, like, back on track and, like, mm. praying and going to daily mass and just doing those things I knew how to come first. But so then after virtue, I realized, like, okay, I think I've got that kind of back on track. Like, I think I've got it going. So, now I'm going to, like, go a step further and when I had prayed about my vocation like in years before it was always this like terrible feeling like I was always just like no 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 because I knew like I've known deep down that this was probably what I was called to for like longer than I would want to admit to myself but it was like always there and so when I finally was like okay I'm just gonna give this a shot like we'll see like everything just started to be more peaceful and so I kind wow. of retreat <laughs> so after the retreat um 
I like started going to adoration a lot and I yeah. <laughs> it was just kind of like something like my roommate like she was always like a few weekends uh, or a few um, mornings every week she'd be like oh I'm going to adoration and I'd be like oh cool and then when I got back from retreat I remember it was like the next or maybe two days later she's like oh, I'm going to adoration it's like oh me too and I think that was like something I was like wow like I'm going to adoration now yeah. yeah, I noticed a big change after the retreat. Like, for sure. started going daily mass, like, actually every single day. Mm-hmm. You had one going, yeah. like, a couple times a week, and same that I did. But I remember, like, one time during the spring semester, I was like, oh, so do you go to daily mass every day now? And you're like, yeah, I try to. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, like, I knew, like, if I – if I could find my vocation, not find, but if I could discern anywhere, like the best place to do it would be in front of our Lord in mm-hmm. adoration and by going to mass. Aww. And so I started going to adoration more. And I would say like before um, Christmas break, I kind of had come to the conclusion that I was pretty sure I was called to religious life, um, just like through prayer. And so then it was still like over Christmas break, I was like trying to figure out I think a lot of college students can admit like coming from a super Catholic environment and then going home yeah. is a huge adjustment. For and sure. So for me, like I hate like about two weeks of just like nothing. Like mm-hmm. I went to mass on the weekend and yeah. like that was, and so that was definitely not helpful, but it also made me realize like I wasn't myself. Like identity is like a Catholic like being with Christ like as much as I could and so was not doing that was like very bad and so mm-hmm. during Christmas break when I got back um so like I was like super close with the sisters at this point and so one of them had emailed me um over break and she's like hey let's get lunch like when you come back I was like all right and so like over lunch, I told her like, yeah, Christmas break wasn't my best moment. Like, yeah, I can do a little better. Um, but I also told her, I'm like, I think I'd probably told her before break, but it's like, yeah, I'm like, I think I'm called to religious life. And so we were talking and she's like, said something about orders. And I was like, well, over break, I, so you guys probably know I'm a runner. And so over break, I had binge listen to the sisters podcast if that's a thing nice yeah and it is <laughs> so I, like, had listened to all like 30 episodes like over break while I was running and the whole time I was just like I love these sisters so much and like I just knew like every time I listened I was like this like I would just love to like be a part of that community and I was like and it was just like everything like just seemed to like fall into place but the only thing was I was a nursing major and my goal was to do long-term service in a Spanish speaking country, which is not at all like what these sisters do. Nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not like, exactly, like a little different. Um, they're, the Dominicans are mostly teaching a teaching order and right now they're in the United States and in Italy. So it wasn't that technically a Spanish like speaking country. I mean, the U S obviously, but anyways. Um, and so I had really been struggling with, my plans and what God was calling me to. And so I remember sitting on my bed one day and I just had this like aha moment. I was like looking through these lists of orders and I was like, God, like why do any of these match up with like what I want? Like nothing seems to be working out. And 
And then all of a sudden, I like just realized like this is what I want and not what he wants. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a second. I was like, like I thought like I had to give you like everything when I said okay, theme called religious life, but I really have to give you everything, everything when I say like what order are you calling me to and the timing. And so I was like, oh brother. I was like, now like <laughs> now everything's fair game. And then, so when I was at lunch with this one sister, I said, like, well, you know, like, I just really love the Dominicans. I was like, you know, I was like, but I don't know, because, you know, nursing, Spanish. And she's like, you know, like, I think you would make a good Dominican sister. And I was like, ah, (laughs) because it was like everything I had wanted to hear, but everything I didn't want to hear, because I really was like holding on to like my plan that I was like yes like I love the Dominicans but I was also like no like this isn't what I want um so yeah that was kind of when I like figured like I think I'm pretty sure I'm called to be Dominicans and so after that everything started to go really fast so I decided to go on another <laughs> with the sisters um and I on the before I went on retreat, I was really the next so I think there's like once you decide you're called, or not decide, once you realize you're called to religious life, there's like really three questions. Um, well, for first is, am I called to religious life? Then the second would be what order? And then the third is the timing. So when are you called? Mm-hmm. And so, like mm-hmm. I said, I would figured out the first two. Yes, and the Dominicans. And so then was the timing. And like Renee said in my previous episode, I was pretty adamant on finishing college. Yep. Um, I was... <laughs> Thought I was at college in the first place um, in DC at CUA. Like that was a miracle in itself. Um, And so to really like give that up and sacrifice that was something I was not, and I'm still really am, like it's still a struggle to think about. Um, And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to wait till the end of college. And then I started to realize like that is not at all like what God wants. Um, That was me. Mm and through wanting a safety net um and so then I had talked to one of the sisters I was like look like I'm struggling with the timing and I'm like I just don't know and like I kind of talked to her and she and I like kind of realized that I thought it was probably like I was probably called to enter a lot sooner than um waiting till the end of college and so whether that that whether or not that was a year or now was kind of like up to me, Jesus, and the vocation director. And so when I went on Vertree, I really thought I was going to wait a year because I, number one, thought I wasn't mature enough. Um, mm, but second of all, <laughs> yeah. And second of all, I was still hoping that year would like somehow like let me stay another two years or the call uh, would like, yeah. go away, um, which it didn't. <laughs> um, um, but on retreat, I like told the, you know, I had like an honest talk with her and I like kind of laid everything out on the table and she goes, I don't really see why you need to wait a year. I was like, okay. She's like, but it's your free will. I was like, no, cause I'd really hope she would make right. the decision for me. And she didn't cause I'm terrible at making decisions. <laughs> so same. <laughs> and so she like pray about it. And so I was like, okay. And so, like, the whole retreat, like, I just knew. Like, I knew, like, once I arrived, like, that I was going to probably ask for application papers that weekend. 
but I was like putting it off like until adoration. And so if you've ever been on retreats, you have like all night adoration. And so I kind of put it off to like really praying about it till then. And so like the whole time I was just like having a good time, having fun. Um, but then when I went to pray about an adoration, you know, I knew like it was now. And so then that next morning I asked for application papers, one of the scariest moments of my life. And then when I came back, like I told everyone and so yeah, here I am. Entering. And so like I, you know, filled out the application, I got accepted mm-hmm. and I'm entering in August. So, wow. My gosh. I got emotional listening to that. That was <laughs> stressful. Okay. Um, so, okay. In your little, in your little spiel, you talked a lot about, um, like how you feel like you knew, but you were kind of fighting against it. Maybe for people who feel the same way, like what advice do you have? Like, how do you, how did you surrender all that to God? Um, I would say, like, you just have to, like, accept, like, if you're gonna give, if you're gonna really, like, if you're, like, willing to give (laughs) your life to God, like, you have to be willing to give him everything. Like, it's everything or nothing, you know? And so, it was, like, super hard, but I think after just, like, praying about it, I, like, I told Jesus, I was, like, I don't want to do this, like, it's hurting my soul, to give this up and it still does um but what I want more is to like do your will and yeah. like you you just really have to give like everything like you can't hold back and yeah like it's so easy to say now and like I still have to work on that every single day of my life it's not just in that one decision it's in like everything and that I've learned like definitely over the whole coronavirus is yeah that's what I was gonna say giving him everything like every time I think I've like given him everything something else comes along and I have to surrender again yeah he knows better than we do and you really just have to trust in that and yeah like it's hard to say oh just trust in God like how do you do (laughs) Um, and I'm still learning how to do that um, something that helps me when I just really am in a spot where I, I just don't know what's next and I, I'm scared and I just, I'm lost. I just say like, Jesus, I trust in you. I might not mean it at first. Um, and I might like not feel it, but just by saying that, like you're doing something there. Yeah. Exactly. Going off of that. I mean, I am not exactly in the same place as Rory's. Oh, I'm not the best person to give advice, but I have something that my older brother gave to me a couple years ago as a Christmas present, and it's called The Litany of Trust, and it was written by the Sisters of Life. I say it every morning. I do not believe almost any of them. You know, I'm saying it, I'll literally roll my eyes, and like, I don't even say it out loud, but it's the most sarcastic tone I have when I say to Jesus, I'm like, Mm-hmm. that you are continually holding me loving me and I was like yeah right he's not doing that but I say it and it does make me feel a little bit better and there's so many times you have to say Jesus I trust in you you have to say it like 15 times in the prayer and it does help yeah. a lot and I notice a difference in the days that I don't say it versus the days that I do like the wow. days that it doesn't necessarily make me have any less anxiety or make me any less fearful but it does, like, I know that Jesus is there, even though I feel absolutely horrible. And the days that I don't say it, it's a little bit harder to remember that he's even in my life. 
So yeah, that's something that I've learned is like, okay, I think that sometimes when people have discerned marriage, they feel a little guilty. And I've kind of like felt that way sometimes. It's like, well, like the like isn't being a sister like a religious like a little higher. So it can be kind of hard to like surrender that to him. But I think like vocations are so cool because no matter which one you like are called to, you're surrendering your life completely. Like if you're called to be a religious life, like in religious life, you're surrendering completely to God. And if you're called to marriage, you're you're kind of like half surrendering to like your like spouse in a way that'll like make you surrender completely to God. So it all leads to the same place. So it's really yeah. cool. Very well said. Um, I had a question <laughs> while listening to you, Rory. I, you were like really lucky and you have the Dominicans on campus. And I know for just from talking to you, you said like you knew some sisters ahead of time before you even went to campus. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say some people maybe aren't that lucky to already have a personal relationship with a sister while they're discerning. Do you or have you heard any tips for how you would go about starting to research communities if you don't know them well already? Um, So I would say so if you don't like personally know any communities at first, um, Google search. I know there's a website, it's the CMSWR Council Superior of Women Religious or something. Yeah, I've and seen it's that a, before. And it has like all these, all like the religious um, like congregations, um, I think in the U.S. Um, of sisters. And so you kind of can like scroll through and kind of look, which is what I honestly was doing, even though I knew um, two, at least two um, sisters. Um but like if you just kind of look through you can kind of see like everyone's different charism um their mission their apostolate and you can kind of like narrow it down almost and like i said like everything can really be fair game with god but you can like i knew from the beginning i was not called to contemplative life as a Mm -hmm. nun and so i could really cross off like all of those orders um but you can kind of look like God is going to lead you somewhere where you're going to be happy. So if there's an order that honestly looks like, like working with the elderly, like I, you know, like as much as I love serving others, like working with the elderly for the rest of my life is not something I see myself called to. Yeah. So you can, like, you can kind of have like a preference. Like, like I said, I was a nursing major and like, that was really something I like wanted to do. But now that I've like, seen like realized I was called to the Dominicans like I realized how much I really want all I really wanted to do is like serve others and be a little kids Mm -hmm. and that was really the only reason why I was wanting to become a nurse so I could work with pediatric and you know just like serve others and so really like um you like have to really learn about yourself in the process but also like when you're looking for um sisters like which order you would, you know, want to contact, like, just email, like, just email them, you know, email however many you are interested in, I would, like, say, keep it between, like, three and five orders, and just see what they say, and just kind of take it from there. Yeah, I think that's good advice, and also just, like, learning how to listen to your gut, like, what you feel is probably, like, truth, so just (laughs) learning to listen to that feeling. Wow, okay. So we've covered orders. We've covered your story. Um, now let's talk about something that me and Maureen can relate to. Um, how, like, did you go about kind of communicating uh, your discernment with 
friends and family? Like how, how did you deal with that? I know that you had a lot of anxiety and, um, so yeah, any tips? Um, trusting God. (laughs) (laughs) It was, um, it was a process and I'm still going through it like every single day. Um, sometimes people forget somehow that I'm entering, um, which has been something that is not like the most thing, most fun thing to remind them of. Um, but at first, like I would say like, I, not a lot of people knew I was even discerning to begin with. Um, people on campus, I think like the people who went on a retreat with me definitely knew, but anyone outside of that group really didn't know. Um, and that would Did your family know at all? What'd you say? I said, did your family know at all? Mm, to an extent. Um, mm. They prob- they had known, like, when I was in high school, you know, like, I hung out with a sister, so I was open to it. But they didn't know seriously. Yeah. Um, and so I, when I got home for Christmas break, I told my parish priest, as like, he had kind of always thought, like, he had always told me, like, always say, you know, I think he had kind of thought that maybe I was called the religious life. And so he would always tell me, like, never say no to God. And, like, he would just, like, say, like, short things to me that would always, like, kind of, or he'd be like, oh, like, here's a pamphlet from these sisters. And a funny story, I was cleaning out my closet, like, a month ago, and I found, like, a flyer from the Dominican sisters from, like, five years ago that someone had given me. I think it was our old associate pastor. And I was like, what is this? And I wow. Okay, like same though. Like spooky story. My mom has had a CD of the rosary for years from Rory's exact order. It's like God, guys, is so crazy. Like sometimes I'm just like, whoa. Like the things that he does, wild. I just want to laugh. Like it's so yeah. I actually have a story about that too. Um, I don't, I've never told you guys this, but the first time I ever told a priest that I was considering slash being open, whatever, like a little bit more than just being open, like a little bit yeah. serious, he was like, you know, I have this order in mind for you. And it wasn't the Dominican sisters, but it was the Franciscan sisters, but it was of the Eucharist. Like that was the oh. thing, like of the Eucharist. And so when I got to campus, wow. I was like, Dominican sisters of the Eucharist, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. Um, so yeah, I told him over Christmas break in confession, so he couldn't tell anyone about it. Nice. And I like almost burst into tears because <laughs> I was like, but I knew, like, I, like, there's parts of my, like, there are just points where I knew, like, I had to do things, even if I didn't want to, and that was one of them, like, I knew I had to tell him, um, just, like, I needed the support, but also, like, I knew, like, what was gonna happen in the next few months was gonna be, like, crazy, yeah, um, and I knew, like, I had to, like, tell him over Christmas, and so I did, um, and, like, the sisters on campus, like, I talked to, but then I really didn't, like tell I told my mom um and my sister the weekend before the retreat that I was like discerning with these sisters and I neither of them thought it was going to happen soon um and so it was a shock to everyone including myself um when I brought home application papers so but for telling like just got to be honest, something I like kind of hit it for a while, um, which was like kind of looking back on it. I'm not sure if I would have like done that again. I like, kept it so much a secret, but I'm glad I 
I did at least for the first few months. Um, so I didn't yeah. have any pressure and especially like the application process. Um, a lot can happen. Like not everyone gets accepted or a lot of people discern before they get accepted that they want to wait or that this isn't where they're called to, or this isn't their vocation. And so like once you're doing that, just because you got an application doesn't mean you're going to enter. And so I waited until I was actually accepted, um, which was in June to tell like all my family, like my extended family. So. Wow. Okay. Well on that note, so you, you talk about how like you kind of kept it private and you didn't really tell a lot of people. Side note, I've always known, guys, not to be too cool or anything. I've always known Rory is going to enter. I thought she was going to do it once we all graduated, but whatever. You know, God is cool like that. But anywho, so um, you talk about how you, like, kept it private and stuff. But do you recommend, like, having mentors? Like, when do you think, like, men- like spiritual mentors should come into play in this process? Oh, like, early on. I need okay. someone to, like, help me, like, discern my crazy thoughts I was having. <laughs> Just like all my words, I feel so. One of my sisters, like she was like, I guess like my mentor, um, okay. and so like I talked to her like about everything. And I feel kind of bad now because every week I would just come and be like, oh my gosh, and just like whatever crazy thing was going on, like I would just tell her. And a lot of weeks it was the same exact thing. Um, but I would say like every time I left, like I was back at like some sense of peace. And just, like, having figured it out a little better because she had been through it before. And so she could help me, like, you know, when I was, like, I don't know when I'm supposed to enter. And, you know, like, she would talk it out. Like, she wasn't, like, persuasive, you know. Like, she was, like, okay, I think you should enter now. You know, she told me, like, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm not God. Um, Exactly. But she would, you know, she would help me, like, figure out when I, you know, like, help me figure out what was Jesus's voice and, like, just, like, you know, discerning that um, next step. Wow. That's awesome. I can't believe you're entering. I know. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it's actually happening. Oh, okay. Same. Well, um, let's see. I think we've okay. covered pretty much everything. Is there any, like, yeah. other tips that you've come across on the way or, like, other people have told you from your entering class or something that you want to share? Um, I would say, like, if anyone listening to this is like in the is in the middle of like this like you've been accepted and you're waiting to enter um like it's a crazy time period and I think unless you're in this like unless you're doing it you're never gonna really like understand but it's crazy um and you just have to stay close to Christ and one of the things like um, our vocation director has been super like on top of on us is that we have to like not the devil mm-hmm. and she said if it's a tr- if you have a true vocation to religious life um, it's going like the devil is going to do all he can to not let you enter yeah um, and so whether or not that's like you even getting to the point of asking for application papers or whether or not that's you like trying not to get cold feet before you enter. Um, he's going to do everything he can to get you. Because if this is your true vocation, this is how you're going to get to heaven. And the devil doesn't want anyone to get to heaven. And right. also, if this is your true vocation, this is how you're going to get as many souls as you can to heaven as well. So 
he's looking at this saying, wow, that's like 100 or like 1,000 or who knows how many people going to heaven. All with this one person, you know, like this one person is going to be like this, these people's like, you know, one person that's going to help them get to heaven. And so when he says, oh, that's one person, I bet I can, you know, get them off track. Well, he's going to do everything he can. And so you really have to stay close to Christ um, in this time of discernment um, because, like I said, he's going to do everything he can. Um, yeah, I mean, it might be in the form of, of a pandemic. It yeah. might be in the form of riots. But apparently Rory is saving a bunch of souls, guys, because right? the things that she has gone through the past few months, I could not even imagine. Oh. And I mean, so It's not even just, like, religious life, too. I mean, once you're like engaged i'm sure like the same things happen like if oh, this yeah. is if your marriage is how you and your spouse are going to get to heaven like it's going to be hard um and you can't stop there like jesus he was tempted because the devil knew like if this guy gets to the cross to die he is saving everyone and so mm. you know he was like okay jesus like let's go you know and he was tempted in the desert was tempted in the garden of gethsemane like all these times and jesus like you know he was strong and he's done it already for us and so all we have to do is really just like place our trust in him when i like get in these moments where i'm like i don't like i'm like feeling the devil's temptations i'll tell jesus i'm like i can't do this but you can so do it for me like kick him out for me I'm not mm. strong enough to get him away, so do it for me. And it works, so. <laughs> Yay! Yay, we're so glad. Know. Okay, well, thank you so much. Our first professional guest, Rory, or should Woo-hoo! I say Sister Rory. We're so glad you could come on the show. Um, that wraps up our discernment series, but we have exciting news. We officially have a fiat email. So if you have questions, concerns, comments, you, anything, email us at podcastfiat at gmail.com. And Renee is amazing and she started an Instagram. So if you want, you should definitely go check out our Instagram too. We'll be posting all kinds of strange pictures and recordings. No, just kidding. We're going to be very professional. Um, Yeah. But Mm. we're really, really excited that we're taking this next step and we have our guest. And also we're very excited for Rory. So everyone who listened to this, say a prayer for Rory. Pray mm-hmm. for her so hard because as she said, it's not easy to do this. And if you're in the same place as Rory, she is praying for you too. So yep. you've got that. She's the best. We love her. Thank you so much again, guys. Um, we hope that you enjoy our podcast. We'll be taking next week off, but we'll be back in August. So Woo-hoo. be ready. We'll see you then. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.